today I'm sitting down with Misha Tate. Uh, Misha's a strike force champion in MMA. She's a UFC champion in MMA. And you know, most recently, I'm not sure if more importantly, she won Celebrity Big Brother 3. That's right, yeah. I wouldn't say more importantly, but I would say equally, if not more challenging to get yeah. through that. Yeah, it was, it was 28 days of entire isolation. We're in the house with uh, 10 other celebrity house guests. And the design of the show is basically, you know, you've got to form these teams, but as you go, you know, week by week, um, you're eliminating, your people are voting out uh, different players. And so you're forced at some point to start cannibalizing your own team. Mm. And it is designed to make you absolutely mad. Um, it's a pressure cooker. Mm. And uh, it was a learning experience though. I definitely miss my kids and my family a lot. I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it in a nutshell. But I won, so I guess it was worth it. Oh, I, I never watched the show honestly, but uh, I'm sure. Yeah, I get I get the psychological pressure of that. That like I, yeah. I'd feel terrible that you're you know making decisions against oh allies in my life. I wouldn't. It was terrible, and it's it's designed me. to you know it promote lying. There are no rules, right? So it's designed to promote lying. It's designed to promote backstabbing. It's designed to promote promote drama and cattiness and that's how a lot of the shows really go um, at least from what I saw I didn't get to see a lot of it because I only had two weeks notice before I was on the show so I try to binge watch the first two seasons of Celebrity Big Brother um, but you know what I did do I set some records for competition wins so I won four head of household competitions and two of the veto competitions which is more than anybody has ever done before. I'm like, well, that's oh, gangster. That's what I do, I guess, this is, is compete. So at least that much I excelled in. No, you are quite a competitor. <laughs> so, you know, in a, in a more honest area of life, you know, I, I think um, it's difficult to, uh, I, I have this thought in my head. You tell me you may or may not agree, but if you're a high level sports competitor, you don't get to lie to yourself too much. You have to, it's an area where a person has to be very honest with themselves and the key people around them of, you know, what are your assets and liabilities or what are your what are your greatest strengths and how to best um, utilize and showcase that and what are some of the weaknesses to work on. So yeah. I think about that in, in my life of business that uh, the more you lie to yourself or you know, tell yourself you have talents oh that you don't actually have, um, that's a, a recipe for disaster in, and, in both areas. And yet people are experts at that. They are. Isn't that incredible? I, sometimes I'm like, are you actually buying your own lie right now? I mean, how do you do that? But people... Um, have surprised me a lot in that department. You're absolutely right. I think as a professional athlete, you have to be uh, brutally honest with yourself at times. Like if you suck, you suck. If you suck that day, you suck that day. And if you're great that day, you've got to also be willing to admit you're great that day. Sometimes I think athletes are more likely to fail to admit they're great than fail to admit they, they suck. Mm. But I think it's important to acknowledge both. I, I saw a study on this that said that uh, one of the greatest determinants of uh, achievement in life is, you know, it's number one, your IQ, that your ability to process information well, and number two, conscientiousness, and um, which I, I would characterize as ability to give yourself, you know, sometimes unflattering feedback, or mm -hmm. or have the thought of like, how could I do that better? What mm -hmm. else could I do? So even if you're doing very well at something, the people that are top performers, they tend to have, uh, you know, their brain works well. They're able to process information rapidly and accurately. Right. But also, they have that conscientiousness to say, you know, what could I do even better next time? Mm -hmm. And that, that's helped me a lot in my life. But I, I imagine that um, there, there's a fine line between a healthy version of that, of giving yourself, you know, feedback of like, I could do better with this, I could do better than that, I got to fill in this void before my next event, 
versus being a little too down on oneself and saying, right. you know, I'm world champion, but I suck at everything or something, you know? Yeah, I think it's a balance of that constructive feedback and that can be positive and it can be, you know, I guess when I say constructive, it doesn't necessarily mean negative. It's just honest, you know? Yeah, I think so. I got to interview a lot of champions that, um, and from not only from fighting, but all walks of life, maybe 40 or so interviews at, at this point of you know, this nature. And it's people that won Super Bowls, or there were you know, a lot of uh, few Olympic people, a lot of fighters, some mm -hmm. from boxing, most from UFC. And um, I, I always ask them the, you know, some of the, the gritty stories from the background that you, you uh, no, but nobody lands with that uh, you know, on a mountain with a, a belt around their waist. Something like that doesn't happen accidentally. So there's probably yeah. there's a rough grind and some uh, you know, early life lesson that happened there, or some early life catalyst. What, what was that for you that got you excited? That like, like I need to beat up some of the toughest women in the world. Oh my gosh! You know what? I don't even know if it was ever a clear thought like that. It was more like. Um, that I just wasn't afraid to take a risk. So these things kept kind of falling into my lap. And I, I wonder if my story is just very unique in that sense, or if this happens to a lot of people and some people just say no, and they don't realize that what that opportunity would have been if they would have just tried and where it maybe would have led them. However, I'm just somebody who typically says yes, even if it's the craziest, mm. doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, why would you do that? But um, I'm like, well, what, you know, what's the worst thing that can happen? Like, I'm just gonna try it and see how it goes. So I was in high school, had my first step in the direction towards, towards fighting. Had no idea at the time that, that this would amount to that, but I was sitting in an English class with my best friend, Sharon, and she said, I think I'm gonna go out for wrestling. Hmm. And I said, okay. She's like, do you wanna go out for wrestling with me? I was like, okay. <laughs> um, I don't know, but I wanted to play a sport more than I didn't. And um, I can't play basketball. I think we all have a sport that we know is just not for us. I am not cut out for basketball. Um, so I went home and I asked my mom, I said, mom, what do you think? And she said, I think this is crazy. And I definitely think we should not tell your dad, but um, I'm going <laughs> to, yeah, it's like, keep it a secret. That's the deal. I said, deal. And she said, I don't think you're going to like it, but I'm not going to tell you you can't do it. She was always like pro, I could do anything. Mm -hmm. So she wasn't going to handcuff me, which I really appreciate. Thank you, mom. Um, I went out for wrestling the next day. Shout out to Misha's mom. I know yes. you're watching. <laughs> um, I went out for wrestling the next day and it was the hardest thing either one of us had done. I remember just like staring at her after the practice in the locker room like, what was that? What did we just do? Like they kicked our butts. <laughs> they did not want us there. Um, it was physically exhausting. They didn't teach us anything. There was no advice. It was just kind of like they were on the gauntlet and they were hoping we didn't show up the next day. Hmm. But I was very intrigued because I'm like, well, two takeaways. I suck at this, but I want to get better. Hmm. And that was really what it was, is just taking this leap of just trying something that was so far out of the element that we, I mean, people didn't even think, there was no women's wrestling team. Let me clarify that too. So, I mean, we were wrestling with the guys. Mm -hmm. And we didn't even know if women would be allowed to do that. So even just trying out or the idea of trying out, which obviously I have to give Sharon the credit for that, but getting out there and doing it was, you know, the, the other part of it. And that, after four years of wrestling on the, the high school team, and I won the coaches award, which is uh, given out to one athlete. We probably had about 40 guys or so, 30 to 40. And um, 
two girls, but at one point my junior year, I was the only female to wrestle on our team. And um, that award still is up there with anything that I've ever won in my entire life because it was very symbolic in that how you can change people's perception. Hmm. The first hmm. day that I was there, the first wrestling season that I was there, I wasn't really a, far from embraced on the team. Um, but by my senior year with the work ethic that I had shown mm. and the consistency I had shown, and I wasn't the, you know, a prize wrestler. I didn't win most matches, if any, really against the guys. Um, but they valued w something in me, I guess, that I brought to the table. And so I did, I won the coach's award and that was really, uh, really meant a lot to me. And then moving forward into in college, um, or do you have a question? Or am I running along too no, long? No, no. Uh, yeah, if you have something to ask me, go ahead no, because there's, I, I can I was, divide this up into sections. I was going to mention that uh, when I chatted with Kamaru Usman, his uh, his fighting career also started in wrestling, and he told me when he first went to wrestling, he was about five foot two, at about 102 pounds, I yeah. believe he said, <laughs> and he said there was a girl on the team that used to beat his ass. Yeah. And uh, he's, he was so frustrated by that that you know that was the catalyst that he thought he was going to go one time and just check it out and. Uh, he said that was the catalyst that really made him like, I got to go back. Like, I at least got to hold my own against this female, you know. Oh, that's and incredible. So that was a, a, a humorous catalyst that you know, yeah. later on, six-time world champion and counting. So, uh, <laughs> so it's a, a, just another humorous wrestling story that came to mind. But uh, I didn't oh, know that. I, I enjoy that. I'm gonna have to, to ask Mara about that a little bit because there's definitely some boys that I kicked their butts too, and I would love to take credit if they, you know, went on to do something <laughs> great because of that. Um, some so, of them just cried at home. Right. Some of them just quit and never came back. But, you know, some can become world champions because of it. Uh, so I went to um, college. MMA kind of fell into my lap. I had, uh, so my parents put me in an all-girls dorm, which I'm like, okay, well, I don't know how that really helps mom and dad. But, you know, they were like, we're going to stick you in the all-girls dorm and, on this campus. And uh, anyways, my my next door roommate, like next door neighbor, I guess you could say, um, was into karate and she had looked up a mixed martial arts program there at the college. And she was like, you gotta come with me. And I'm like, I don't think so. That was probably, I was like, I don't think so because I don't do karate, I never did. And I'm just, it seems really out of my element. So she went and then the next day she's like, you gotta come, come on, there's a bunch of wrestlers and you're gonna love it. And I was like, okay, fine. So I went with her and I started learning about jujitsu. Hmm. I started learning about choke holds and arm bars and my mind was immediately blown. I'm like, from wrestling to choking people? I'm like, okay, I think I could make that leap. That doesn't seem too crazy. Um, but they were like, well, do you wanna fight? And I was like, absolutely not. Never in a million years would I wanna get hit in the face or hit anybody in the face. I'm not a violent person. I don't need to you know, fight people. And I still thought it was you know, violence driven at that point, right? Mm. As most people did, this was back in 2006. Mm. So um, I had never really even heard of the UFC at that point. I mean, I don't recall ever being a fan of it. Um, I think I'd maybe had, my dad had had it on at points and I was just kind of aware that it existed. But um, so I went and um, I enjoyed the first practice and I kept going back and eventually I had like it was like three weeks after training I was like I took my first fight hmm. I just literally jumped right in I remember I went to an amateur fight event um, I saw all the fights and I, my 
heart rate was up. I was like exhilarated. I'm, this is amazing. I, you know, I would love to do that. In the back of my mind, I think I was saying that. And then they made an announcement on uh, over the microphone as the fights were ending. They said, hey, in, in three weeks, we're going to have an all-female fight card if there's any women in the audience who would like to hmm. sign up. So I just made my way down there, not really knowing what I was getting myself into. And I signed up. So I don't know. It's, I guess, where, where chance meets somebody willing to take the chance. Yeah. There's another quick perceptual shift that uh, took longer to get the perceptual shift in the, the wrestling team early on to get your award. Yep. You're, you're like, you went from you know, absolutely not, no fighting, three weeks later, you're signing up. So, so fast. It was insane. I can't believe it. But I, but I blame, blame a lot of it on just being naive to what it even was. You know, when I thought of fighting, I'm like, I, would, well, I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want to fight. Like, it just seemed like you had to be angry. That was my, my ignorant perception on what it mm. actually was. And still to this day, it's one of the biggest... Um, Myths is not the right word about the sport. I don't know if a myth is exactly right, but maybe um, misperception that people have that we have to be mad to do what we do. And I've talked to numerous, there's only 80 or so, 80, 90 champions in, ever at UFC, and I've chatted with maybe 20 of them. And um, most of them are college educated, hardworking, very smart, very, you know, if they weren't doing this, they'd be doing something else upwardly mobile, and it might even pay them more money. Yeah. And it might even pay them more money. So uh, that's it's certainly not been my experience that the, the people at the top of that organization, the, the top athletes, are, I wouldn't characterize at all as like anger-driven people, you know? Yeah, and, and I agree. So thank you for saying that. Um, but a lot of people still think for some, some reason that they, they, I guess they think that if they were to fight that they would mm. have to be that way because that's the only way that they would get into that situation but what i try to to describe to people is that it's no different than playing tennis or soccer or you know maybe any other maybe continue on with any other one-on-one -on -one sport it just um it's like playing chess with your body it's very much about strategy and i don't find myself harnessing any type of anger in order to get in there and perform I'll give you an embarrassing tidbit of my first jiu-jitsu lesson was uh, with uh, our friend Jake Shields, and he introduced me to like a, a front guillotine choke. And um, yeah, when I tried to fight that a little longer than I should have and wasn't successful, then my throat hurt every day for about 15 days, and then it only hurt sometimes for the, the next 15 days or so after that. But <laughs> within five weeks, it felt you know pr pretty normal. Pretty again. normal, yeah. I mean, eventually it gets back. Um, you know, we, we actually learn tech. We don't, I don't think anybody teaches this, actually. You know what? It's a good point. But, but uh, there are some, some, some strategies to, um, like, flexing your neck and throat. And I realize that um, usually when I demonstrate choke holes on people who have never been choked, they're just completely relaxed, and they usually end up, like, coughing and, you know, like, spewing. And I'm like, this is so different than choking somebody who knows who's going to be like... And like flexing your throat and everything so that it doesn't get crushed in. Sure. But absolutely, it's it's well, it's just a craft, right? I mean, just like anything, you have those experiences. And the first time I got choked, it was a very similar experience. So I was like, "This, what just happened?" So I just got my windpipe folded in twenty billion different directions. It feels like.